Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, it's going to be a collaborative effort. Coach Mayo, myself, Macro, the whole staff. Um, at the end of the day, somebody has to has to make that pick, and, and that'll be myself. And that'll be myself. Something about that reminds me of Austin Powers. Like, allow me to reintroduce myself. <laughs> I would say it was uh, not delivered with the same flair, but yes, very uh, Austin Powers of Elliot Wolf earlier today. Uh, if you're not familiar with that voice, because we never heard from him before, we really got to hear from him for the first time. And I, I like that he answered questions. I mean, just plain and simple, matter of fact. We were joking yesterday, is he going to sound like Matt Grow, where he just sounds like an oversized child who's like not ready for primetime he's not ready to handle the media like Elliot Wolf felt like he was pretty ready to handle questions he answered questions confidently I'm not telling you I believe everything he said I I don't believe he's breaking ties and it's totally up to him and he could do whatever he wants at three I don't believe that allow myself to introduce myself myself so nice I just I don't believe him but at least he answered questions and now we can pick it apart as opposed to well, I'm up there and I'm going to grunt into a microphone or I'm going to blow off media availability entirely. I like that he answered these questions today. And when he was asked plain and simple about his title, I, I, how many times did Bill Belichick say titles don't matter? And like, oh, it's overrated. He was asked today about his title. He said director of scouting. Boom. Done. Plain, simple. Question over. It was the very first question I think he answered. I, it was right. It was the first question directly like, after his opening statement. and see what it does. Ooh, he, it answered a question, honestly. He, yeah, he made his opening statement. First question, what's your title? Director of scouting. Which, by the way, tells me right there, 
you don't get to make all the calls being the director of scouting that t- you're not your title's not general manager your title is not you know uh personnel guru not that that would be your official title but like you're the director of scouting it does sound a little low level for how much he has his tentacles across the organization already with his relationships so I just think it's bullcrap that, oh, I break all the ties. It's up to me. It's me, Wait, Matt Groh, so why Gerard is he Mayo. saying that then? Why would he say that because and put his name on the Because ownership doesn't want to look like they meddle, Mego, because ownership says, yeah, tell him you run the show. But everybody really knows he runs the show. But uh, if he says that he's, what's he the, tie, say? It's if he's Robert? the tiebreaker at three and the number three pick is a joke, then his head's going to roll no matter what. And everybody his, publicly is going to say, yeah, he's the one well, who whatever. signed off on blank. Publicly fine. But either way, his head's going to roll. If they whiff on this. Well, publicly, like your reputation in the Mego, NFL is something to put out there. Mego, this I think is you're why, not giving credit to Woofy and he deserves it. No, this is why the Crafts don't want to be seen as meddlers. Because they don't want to get saddled with the number three pick. They have a fall guy. They have somebody else to get saddled. Trust me. Well, if they, they, they a- shouldn't have written it in the letter to the season ticket holders that remember when we drafted Drew Bledsoe? Good times. Yeah. They're coming back around but again. But that's different than saying I'm in charge of the pick. Like, that's a hint. That's not saying I'm in charge of the pick. He didn't say. He said at the end of the day, somebody's got to make I'm the in call. Charge. And that will be will allow ma- myself to introduce myself. In as many words, he says he's in charge. And I just don't, I don't believe it. But at least he's answering questions and he looks like an adult. Like he, he just, he talks like an adult. I shouldn't say he looks like an adult. He actually kind of looks like a kid too, but he talks like an adult. And that'll be myself. <laughs> my name is Richie Cunningham and this is my wife, Oprah. <laughs> so like to me, I found that to be refreshing. He's up there. He's answering questions, but like. That just tells you how low the bar is. We're like, oh my god, it answers questions, like Ryan said. <laughs> That's I, 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 guys. When it when it comes to the New England Patriots going forward, you could trip on the bar that I have set for but, them. That's why I don't care if you love a quarterback, take one. I don't I don't sound like Bill Belichick. Just just little okay. tiny tweaks. That's all I want. But here's the want. difference between him and Gerard Mayo. Like Gerard Mayo, I think we were all like, wow, look at personality and answering questions. I feel like with Wolf, we got some actual substance today, which I'm surprised at. Yes. I was looking forward to this. So can we give me a victory lap again? Uh, well, we gave you one earlier, but I'll do it again. Yeah, yes, let's Mego, do it again. Mego, Second he, lap. he answered more questions than I thought. And it doesn't mean I believe everything that he said, but he answered questions and there was more value and to Elliot Wolf them than I expected. In a direction that I wanted, which makes it sound like they're going to go with one of these quarterbacks at three. Are you wondering why I'm using a prop right now? No. Oh, that's your Gerard no, Mayo I, I prop? Don't. I didn't realize that. You're no, right. I just like having a prop. Got I'm it. waving a wiffle ball bat around. A this, what? This is a, this is a wiffle ball bat, right? A what? A wiffle ball bat. A wiffle ball bat. Thank you. Uh, third try was a charm there. A, wiffle, I, a wiffle ball A wiffle. A wiffle ball. It's not a wiffle ball. This is actually more of, though, this is not a classic wiffle ball bat where it's got, you know, like um, the stripes on it. This is more, this is for drinking. This is a dizzy is bat. That, is, is that why is. the bottom's uh, taken I off of there? I think it is. Yeah. I don't know the origin story of this bat, but I would bet a lot, I would wager, that this was originally a dizzy bat. Maybe. And I used to be really good at that game. I I doubt it. And you call so, it what? <laughs> so when it comes to, uh, it, that looks like Deron Harmon's Snapple bottle is what that looks like. like that's something you want to like store stuff in is what that looks like to me. Uh, but there you go. Uh, there, the, it, it, Mego deserves a victory lap on this because I didn't think he would say much. And, like, for instance, what did he tell us about quarterbacks? I found this exchange to be telling. This is what Mego's talking about. The class in general and some of the uh, – or, I'm sorry, uh, who was going to have final say we played for you? I do want to hear uh, what they're going to do at the first-round pick, number three, and also 
his view on sitting a quarterback and letting them develop, I like that too. Yeah, I think uh, when you look throughout the league, that's a good question. I think when you look throughout the league, most of the quarterbacks are first-rounders. Um, I think there's exceptions to be had, like you know Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and Tom Brady. Um, but I think just the, the league-wide understanding of how important that position is and how important it is to have somebody there that can help you you know, win games and get over the hump has, has changed league-wide. Why do I think the Packers keeping the quarterback right? Luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I, think, uh, I think the scouting process that, you know, that I grew up with, that Brian Gutekunst continues to, to em- employ, is, has been really good. And, you know, they've been able, fortunate enough to, to you know, sit, sit Rodgers and sit Love for a year, that, and that, that's been able to help them. I wouldn't say that that applies to every quarterback, but it certainly helps them. Okay, so... I like that second answer. I know you really like the first answer. Yeah. And so to me, that was a self-serving answer for both of us. But what what, what did you like about the first part there, Mego? Luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I keep hearing from people, okay, you can go, but it's this general approach that you can just get a quarterback from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you can get a quarterback in the fourth round. You can get a quarterback in the second round. You can wait until the very end of the draft and get a quarterback there. Hey, why don't you go Kurt Warner style? You get a quarterback undrafted. that that's undrafted. Like I'm telling you that that is such the minimum amount of quarterbacks in the league. Like that is such the exception to the rule. Yeah, and you've and done these. You've done this math I've before. done these stats. Yeah. When you're yeah. looking at the the last five years of the NFL most of the starters are found in the first round. And I happen to really like this class, and I think that you're passing on a major opportunity, and it would present to me, I would take away from it, okay, like, these guys don't want to risk their jobs. These guys are more concerned with where they're going to be over the next three years than actually trying to improve this roster and actually trying to take a player that's going to change the trajectory of your franchise over the next couple years. Like, they're going to go the safe route. And so for him to go out there and say that, and he didn't say they were definitely going to take a quarterback, but I thought that he showed his hand. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely think he showed his hand. I agree with you on that. Uh, most quarterbacks, you find him in the first round. Okay, so they're taking a quarterback in the first round. That's combined with what Gerard Mayo said to Steve Burton, we're going to take a guy at the highest uh, position of impact or whatever he said to Burton uh, weeks and, and maybe months ago. Uh, Mego referenced the letter to season ticket holders from the Crafts. I think the clues are there. They're taking a quarterback, which I'm happy with. Should the quarterback play day one, Mego? Doesn't have to. Depends. This is where I'd answer depends on the quarterback. Like, I'm not as against the quarterback sitting as you are. If they feel like the quarterback's going to benefit from sitting a year, then maybe that's the best way to do it. If it's somebody like Drake May, I want Drake May playing. Like, Drake May has played a ton. What about Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams I would want playing, too. So not Jaden Daniels. Not Jaden Daniels. Even though Jaden Daniels is on the older side, like, I, I do think that he has more maturation in his game that he has to unlock. Yeah, I mean, look, to me, I, I feel strongly about this. If the kid can play, he can play. Like, Mac Jones wasn't ruined because you played him as a rookie. Like, I feel like people are now doing that, like, oh, you threw Mac to the Wolves this rookie year. Mac Jones wasn't ruined because he played as a rookie. No, it's the best thing that happened to him. Yeah, and, like, look, I, I think by the end of his rookie year, the league started to catch up to him a little bit. But I don't think that's because they threw him to the Wolves or played him too early. I just think he was never that good. And so I don't think playing a quarterback their rookie year is going to ruin them. They can look really bad like Josh Allen and overcome it. Or they can play every single game as a rookie like C.J. Stroud. Like, I'll go back and forth with you all day on your Aaron Rodgers and your Patrick Mahomes and your Jordan Loves. Like, I'll do that all day long because I have a million counterpoints. And that's why I liked the example from Elliot Wolf. 
He sits there and says, well, yeah, I mean, it worked for Green Bay, but not every situation. He's not backing himself into sitting the quarterback for a year. And I'm happy to hear that because I don't think if you're telling me they're sitting the quarterback, let's say it's Jaden Daniels, your plan. Jaden Daniels is at three and the plan is to sit him for a year. Well, now if I, if I'm armed with that information, I'm a little more open to the Marvin Harrison Jr. Approach or the Malik neighbors approach. You can't wait one year or because you think it indicates that they're not as confident in well, him. Just there's more merit to saying, well, what the hell? Let's look at the quarterback class next year. Like to me, I, I don't need the quarterback to sit. If the quarterback's sitting, that makes me skeptical that he's not ready right now. That's because you don't seem to think it's likely that he can sit a year and be a better quarterback after Correct. sitting a year than the guys that will come through next year. Correct. And I just think that everybody's a little different. Like my guess, Patrick Mahomes would have been just as good if he played day one. Would have been just as good, and the Chiefs might have cost himself a Super Bowl in the meantime. I think that the couple of weeks that Justin Herbert got to sit really changed my guess, everything. My for guess him. is Aaron Rodgers could have played way sooner. And the Packers were idiots for sitting him as long as they did. That's my guess. So yeah, they gave him all this time to research on the internet. If you're telling me, right, what what damage that did long term. <laughs> so if you're telling me that the Patriots are definitely sitting their quarterback, I'm less into taking a quarterback if that guy's going to sit for a year. But I like what I heard out of Elliot Wolf. They sound locked in on a quarterback, and it sounds like he's open to playing him day one. Good. Good. Get on the Jones plan. I'm on board with this. 617-779-7937. It does sound cultish, uh, along with Team Feet. There's no doubt about that. You can also Jones plan. You can also vote in our big question of the day. Still up at Jones and Mego. Uh, It sounds like the Patriots are leaning in on a quarterback. How do you feel about it? Do you love it like Mego and I do? Does it depend on the quarterback? And if it depends, explain it. What quarterback do you want at three? What quarterback wouldn't you want at three? I need you to explain that one. Or do you hate it like Razor when he was in studio earlier? You can sound off on that. 617-779-7937. Ryan with all the latest in trending. And when we come back, we'll play a little bit more from Elliot Wolf along with your phone calls. Uh, a few more hints, I think, on the Patriots, this quarterback class, and who they could be looking at. Oh, and Rob Bradford joins us at 430. We'll talk some socks with him. That's all next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Jones and Mako on WEEI. I think it's a really good year for quarterbacks. Um, it's a really good year at a lot of positions. Uh, like any position, we're going we're gonna to evaluate their strengths and weaknesses, determine who fits for us. We're pretty early in the process here. Like, I haven't met any of these guys. Gerard hasn't met any of these guys. So, you know, as we continue through the process here, we'll, we'll determine um, what's best for the team. And, you know, one thing uh, about the quarterbacks in this draft specifically that, that I'm excited about is they all look like they're really tough guys which, you know, is obviously great at any position, but the quarterback position especially. The Patriots, and this means Alex Van Pelt and now Elliot Wolf, who were together in both Green Bay and Cleveland. That was Elliot Wolf, you just heard from there. We've heard from Alex Van Pelt in the past. My Wolfie. They keep getting your Wiffle Ball. That's weird, right? It's weird. Yes. I'm just embracing it. They keep... Anytime they're asked about quarterbacks and traits, they keep talking about toughness. <laughs> Which, yeah, like, tough guys. look, that's somewhere on my list. Mac Jones was not tough. Like, sorry, he wasn't. Drake Bay walks into the interview room smoking his cigarette and puts it out on his hands. So, like, I'm your guy. Mac Jones wasn't tough. Mentally, physically was debatable. Although, it's hard to say the guy was super physically tough when he's bawling his eyes out, getting carried off the field with a high ankle sprain that some players play through. Some players play through that. And he needed to be carried off the field. So I don't know how physically tough he was. He definitely wasn't mentally tough. I'm not telling you it doesn't matter. It's just it's starting to catch my ear when before they get to their mobility or their arm strength or their ability to read a defense, they're leading with quarterback toughness. I think they're just using That's not an, where I would lead. That's an empty word they're using. I think that's one of those empty descriptors where they're trying to say something without showing their hand in any way. So okay. they're like, yeah, we want some tough guys. We want a leader. So you think they're playing like a the game? Like the most obvious, vague stuff. Yeah, that's how I hear but that. But wouldn't, wouldn't obvious and vague be we want a guy who can move and has a strong arm? Like, wouldn't that be obvious? No. Why? Because then they're then then people would be like, oh, well, get the guy with the strongest arm. That's, you know, probably Drake May. Or you could argue Caleb Williams. Get the guy who can move the best. Okay, that's... Know, but, but that, but to me, that's really saying nothing because the whole league wants a guy who can move and can huck it a million miles downfield. Like saying you want toughness sounds like you're not valuing what the rest of the league well, values. It just sounds stupid. When yeah. on the other hand, you're also saying we're no longer hard ass. We're open. <laughs> However you interpret that. Our culture is no longer a hard ass culture that went out the door with Bill Belichick. Now we're open. But now we want tough guys. We no, want tough good, guys for our open culture. No, it's a good, but it's a good point. Oh, yeah. They all look like they're really tough guys. Which, you know, is obviously great at any position, but the quarterback position especially. Do you yeah. ever wear a leather jacket? I've never owned a leather jacket. I didn't think so. Yeah, right? I just, like I, a, it's I'm, the kind of thing that, like, have I thought about it in my life? Have you yes. ever tried one on? No. I've thought, But have I thought You've about... You've never even tried one no, on. No, but I, have I thought about the being, like... The weight of it would just have them collapse to the ground. No, no. Man. I've thought about being, like, you know what? 
maybe now's the time. And then I go, no, you can't pull off you, a leather daddy. You want something that says leather daddy? Yeah. <laughs> I would be a bit of a Tobias Fionke in that thing. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. I don't, I don't believe I've ever owned a jean jacket either. Okay, the jean jacket is more of a retro look. Yeah, like it's if not 1986. If you're doing a jean yeah, jacket, I do jean, a lot of jean-ish jean jack- jackets. Jean, it's back in. Yeah, you're, jean he's jacket. Saying, he's saying 80s. It's back in. It's well, not retro. Be, it's back in. You'd be doing more of like a Bruce Springsteen look with a jean jacket. Yeah, right. I think a jean jacket is much less of a statement on a man than a leather jacket. And leather jacket is like, I feel like if these guys all walked in in leather jackets, <laughs> Wolfie would be like, I don't know who to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these guys. No, They're like I've, the T-Birds. I've thought about I've thought about going leather jacket, but I've never I I just understand myself. I, I know my limitations. I can't pull that off. What up. if you did like a matrix length leather jacket? Like a duster. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Like when they fight over the duster on Always Sunny. Yeah. I think I'm closer to pulling off the I'm duster. Not burning it. <laughs> uh but it it is right. He does kind of contradict himself. He's like, Yeah, we're not hard asses anymore, but we want a tough quarterback. Uh, and that's what he said about Bill. Elliot Wolf, just the latest, who can't resist, stabbing Bill Belichick in the back. Uh, by the way, uh, maybe the biggest badass of them all, Rob Bradford is going to join us about five minutes from now, as he does each and every Tuesday. We'll get some Red Sox talk here coming up at 430. So stay tuned for that. You can listen live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Get that, on, right, your, get that on your phone, Rob. It's free. It's easy. Uh, so make sure you download that. Rob wears a leather jacket. He, I, I mean, the, the, I know it. the biggest badass. Uh, so he's such a badass. He wears a denim jacket over his leather jacket. <laughs> no, 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 you want the de- the denim under no, the, no, no, yeah. the, leather, the heat but, doesn't yeah. get to, the heat doesn't get to the man. Can I hear uh, Elliot Wolf highlighting more quarterback traits here? Because I also found this interesting. This is Wolf earlier today. First of all, being a being someone that can elevate his teammates, someone that your teammates want to play for. I think that's an extremely underrated thing that people don't really talk about that much. Um, leadership's important, and obviously, you know, physical talent. We wouldn't be talking about these guys if they weren't physically talented. Okay. I, I again, I just, I, I that feels like a direct shot at Mac Jones. He'd go on to talk about body language and go on to discuss, uh, you know, how the rest of the team is looking at it. I thought Razor gave a great answer on this earlier. He's like, body language really is just, when we're talking about that and you're freaking out, what you're doing is showing up your teammates, and what you're really doing is saying it's not my fault. And Mac was just so guilty of that, it wasn't even funny. So that was a direct shot at Mac. I, it might have been a shot at Caleb Williams, if we're being honest. Not great body language on Caleb Williams. And so I don't know enough about Drake May and his body language or Jaden Daniels and their body language. Like, I watched some of their college games. I didn't watch them as much as I watched Caleb Williams. I've seen highlights. You don't tend to, tend to see a lot of body language in highlights. Yeah, but I am, like, drawing conclusions about Drake May from what I heard of him on the Schefter podcast, which is... He sounds a lot like more Southern than I was expecting. So? I didn't realize he was what that, does that mean? Southern. You're Southern. No, I'm not. Not yes, like that. But you're not like I thought I just didn't expect it to be like a drawl. Is Mego making fun of the way someone talks? He is has that, a is draw. that what Mego's doing? Mego's making fun of the way people pronounce words. I, I got a little a little Drake May on uh, Adam Schefter's podcast. It's hard not to talk at last shoot New England. I mean it's hard not to talk about the dynasty. We, you know, with the great, you think of the GOAT, you know, that's what you think of, you know, when you think of New England, you think of the GOAT, Tom Brady. So uh, just a place with, it's had a lot Tom of success. Brady. And, um, had some years lately that they haven't been Sounds as like successful and uh, looking to be- get back on track. And I know that's, you know, bought right there near Boston. Is what was three, that? You know, these three great sports towns you're talking about now. What did he just now, say? So, uh, Bob Crapner in Boston. <laughs> what was that? Play that again. Um, Bob- had some years lately that they haven't been as successful and, uh, looking to be- get back on track, and I know that's you know bought right there near Boston. Is- 
I mean, that was not English. So are you out? That old eight, man. They got up in Boston. No, I just wasn't expecting that. It's like, oh, okay. It's I feel kind of like I was on one of these dating apps with Drake May, and then we sat down at dinner. He opened his mouth, and I was like, oh. (laughs) You know, right there in Boston is. I think I think Meg goes out. I'm not out. I'm so in. Uh, Meg goes out on her fellow Southerner. She's out. I'm not. First of all, I'm not Southern. And second of all, I'm. Where are you from? Right right there in Boston. Where where are what you from? I'm with from your, Maryland. With your weird accent. I'm from weirdo Maryland. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a southern state. It's not really a southern state. Mego turning on her uh, fellow southerner. We fought with the union. We actually preserved the District of Columbia. It's kind of a big deal that nobody really talks about because Virginia, the District of Columbia is supposed to be a perfect square and Virginia took back their land and never gave it back. But nobody ever talks about that. Ryan. That's why the Pentagon and the National yeah, Cemetery enough with is your history. Thanks for your service. Enough with your history book, gobbledygook. Ryan, Maryland, South or North? Oh, the South. South. Big time. If south. I have to pick one, it's definitely not the north. South of uh, you're south it's of like weird. you're it's south of like New York, touching Middle Virginia. Area. You're the south. You're south of Long Island. You're you're south. Uh, Steve is in Fall River. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> it's ridiculous. New Jersey is the I'm, south. I'm just looking forward to a tough leader there. I'm, I just can't get. I can't wait for the tough leader that people want to follow. Yeah. But anyway, we don't we don't need a we don't need a quarterback because I'm looking at all these other high picks, and they're all washing out. You got this, uh, like CJ Stroud, Chicago. Uh, no, they, well, for every CJ Stroud, there's six guys that washed out, including uh, the top of this draft that Mac Jones is supposed to be great. Trevor Lawrence supposed to be the next John Elway. How's that working out? Sure. What about the draft the no, year before that? What about the draft the year before that, where it went uh, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Hurts? That was a pretty awesome draft. It was. How's this Herbert doing? I hear more hype about him than he's actually doing anything. Okay, so you wouldn't I mean, want, you want Herbert on this team? Right, you don't want Herbert? Well, I mean, he needs, he needs to win playoff games. You don't yeah, want him? I know. I want Herbert. I want Lawrence, but it doesn't matter if they don't produce anything. Here's the deal. They need a lot of people. You're not going to get someone. You're not going to. You're expecting you're going to get. So what do you want? Uh, you're going to. I want. We right now in this draft, we need we need picks. We love. Hein Bloom oh, left the Red on. Sox in better shape than Bill Belichick left the Patriots. We need a sure thing at the top. Take the receiver. The next I, pick I, at the Steve, bottom of the draft. Steve, that's not a sure thing. And this is what bo- this really bothers me. It's so irritating <laughs> at this point. It really is. Like, I'm sure a lot of people, like, so there was no super high wide receiver last year. But, like, people thought Quentin Johnson was a receiver that wasn't going to miss. That, that guy's ready to be out of the league. And he was drafted in the 20s last year. Uh, Ooh, we didn't get him. Uh, right. Let's see. Bring him down to Boston. How about Jamison Williams? He was arguably the top receiver uh, going into the draft in 2022. Uh, he can barely get on the field full-time for the Detroit Lions. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Jamar Chase is a pretty good pick. I'll give you that. Um, well, I got to keep scrolling back. Actually, that was a good, that was a good, this is a good wide receiver draft in 2021, which is a bad quarterback draft. Uh, let's see. How about Henry Ruggs at 12? That was a can't-miss guy, right? Out of the league. Jerry Judy, Patriots fans still talk about him, stinks. CeeDee Lamb was in that draft, so good receiver. Jalen Rager went before Justin Jefferson. So, like, I feel like you can – my point to Steve is you can play that game with every position. And acting like wide receivers don't miss is foolish. They miss in the top five. I've given you Charles Rogers before. You know, Amari Cooper to me is a really good one. Amari, if, if you draft Amari Cooper at three, I think he went four in his draft, but play it out. If you draft Amari Cooper, are you happy with that? Does that feel like uh, it's a can't-miss guy? He's on his third organization, and he might be going on to his fourth. 
617-779-7937. I still can't stop thinking about Drake May's accent. Bop right there in her Boston. Bop right there in Boston. Bop right there in Boston. Bop right there in Boston. Give, her, give her a couple of days. She flip-flops like Arkin. Give her a couple of days. She'll be out on Drake May. Uh, joining us, as he does each and every Tuesday at 4.30 on the Harbor One Hotline, Rob Bradford of WEEI. You can check out his work on the Odyssey app. Baseball isn't boring, of course. Uh, how are we doing today, Rob? Listen, there's only one receiver who's going to be taking the first round that has been on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. <laughs> so I don't care what uh, what needs to be done, but that guy needs to be drafted. Who is, that is Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh, my God, you're one of these. Oh, Rob. What? Brad, folks, if you what? take if you take Marvin Harrison Jr., you're not uh, going to no, take no, one no, of these no, top so you're, three you're, quarterbacks. You're, I hate him even more. You're, you're 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 not you're not you're missing the point. I don't care. I don't care about literally anything else other than the fact that he held up a baseballs and boring T-shirt. So and then I can I can resurface it. I don't care about anything All right. else. All right, questionable so, judgment he, on this. I, I, another reason not to take him at three. Questionable judgment <laughs> on Marvin Harrison Jr. He's huge, though. You know, the one thing is standing next oh, to a football him, player is big. Mackerel. <laughs> No, no, come on. You know, you've been around receivers. Receivers are like, you know, you can get the, the David Pattons of the world, the Troy Browns of the world, and those guys. This guy's a big guy. Anyway, that's my scouting report. There you go. Okay, I like it. Uh, I appreciate I wanna, it. I want to ask you about the Red Sox. Uh, some players have uh, started to pop off to a degree. That would include Rafael Devers. That would include Kenley Jansen, who we've talked to you about uh, in the past. How upset are the players with ownership? We know fans are upset. Sounds like Cora's plenty upset. How upset are the players? I think it's settling in a little bit, and this is, this usually happens in spring training where you're you're seeing best case scenario from guys, and guys are optimistic. But I'll say this: I'll spin it a little bit different. So right now, um, I'm in Arizona. I came here for a couple of days. I talked to Xander Bogarts. I talked to uh, I was over at Dodgers camp. I talked to some former Red Sox over there, and everyone is asking the same question: What is going on in Boston? These guys are you know, these guys, as we know, the the Boston Red Sox that they have known. This is not that Boston Red Sox, and you know Xander's going to be on the podcast dropping tomorrow morning, and he just basically flat out said that he's like, "This isn't how we used to do business. <laughs> this is not how it used to go." And you know, we heard it with Pedroia, we've heard it with other guys, and, and so I think that that's the sort of fascinating thing to me is that yeah, sure, you know, you have Devers and you have. You have Kenley, but there's not a lot of other guys in there, as we said before, who are sort of in the position to have a voice on this. But the guys who do have a voice on it are making their voice heard. So you bring up Devers and Kenley Jansen there, and I think about this, about where this team was with some early team meetings last season when Verdugo stepped up and wanted to be the one that was running at least one of those (laughs) meetings who do you get the inkling is going to be leaders in the clubhouse for the team as it's constituted today? Is it going to be Devers? Is If Jansen's around, is it going to be Jansen? Or are we looking at a younger guy to step into that role? It's a good question. I think that one that that sort of went under the radar when we were trying to figure out the team building of this whole equation. And I, I do think that Devers is more of a leader in his own way. He's like, He's going to pick his spots, I guess, and we saw he picked his spot. There you go. Rafael Devers made it be known because once he is a guy who's going to be here for 10 years and he wants to be on winning teams. But to answer your question, the guy who, who has absolutely tried to do what Justin Turner did, be that guy, is Trevor Story. The problem is, is that 
Trevor Story is in the same boat with a lot of these guys. He's trying to establish his own deal. It's not like he signed here for 10 years. It's not like he's coming off this, this great, great couple years. He's, he, but he's doing everything he possibly can to be that exact guy that you talked about. It's not a perfect scenario, but I'll give Trevor credit, man. Like I'll give him credit. Someone's going to step up and, and, and be a voice because Justin Turner was absolutely that guy last year. And I don't know if you know that. He's not playing for him anymore. No, that uh, that is true. He's Rob Bradford of WEEI. He joins us each and every week here on Jones and Mego. No Arcan today. Uh, look, I I'm fascinated by this Jordan Montgomery just discussion, and I say fascinated because he's really nothing special, Rob. Like the Red Sox could use him, but he's nothing special. He's like a good, solid big leaguer. Uh, maybe I'm I'm missing the point on this. It seems like there's been a little bit of movement on Jordan Montgomery this past week. Cody Bellinger finally signed back with the Cubs. Maybe there's some movement on these Boris clients. Has there been a shift with the Red Sox on signing someone like that, or am I misreading it? I don't think there's been a shift in the Red Sox. I think there's been a shift in per- perhaps Jordan Montgomery. I think the, the the contract that you saw for Cody Bellinger was a sign that these guys are not going to get the, the shock and awe deals that Boris pulls out of his hat just when you didn't think it was possible. I don't think that's happening. I don't think it's going to happen with Jordan Montgomery. And that's where we, I, weeks ago, I think I was on with you guys, and say, hey, you know what, maybe they're playing this right. Maybe he falls to them. And it's trending more that way than ever before. I think the people in baseball, throughout baseball, if you said, where do you think Jordan Montgomery is going to end up? I think the, the, the very, very, very mass amount of people who are going to, they're going to say, Jordan Montgomery is going to get the Boston Red Sox. That was the majority of people in baseball think right now. Is that going to happen? I don't know. I think the dangerous part about the whole Jordan Montgomery market falling down to where the Red Sox feel feel okay signing him is that there might be some other teams say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we could use a number three starter at three years. Sure. Look, this, this, this part of our, our name in the hat for Jordan Montgomery. So I, I do think there's still a chance for the Red Sox, but I'm with you, Adam. Like, I'm with you. I said this all along. We, we get so obsessed over the Red Sox getting somebody that we forget that this isn't the guy that you're going to build around for the next six or seven years. He can help this team. He can help this team on the field. He can help this team perception-wise. But let's not get this twisted. That Jordan Montgomery is not the foundational guy that I think a lot of people are making him out to be. Do you get the sense that any of this waiting it out with Jordan Montgomery has to do with a budget that the Red Sox parameters are stuck under? <laughs> like a, I should say it this way, a self-imposed budget from ownership saying it's got to work with this. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. I think that at the end of the day, Mego, is that whatever, wherever they come with come to the point where Boris, where they think this might be worth it for Jordan Montgomery, ultimately that's going to have to be passed through John Henry. This is how it always has worked. The difference is, is that from what we know from John Henry in years past, he's been, hey, you want to pay more $40 million more for David Price? Yeah, let's go get him. That's not how they're doing business because of those, as you said, the parameters. So I, I do think that they are still dealing within those parameters. But you have to understand, too, is that if this report from Bob Nightingale is correct, 
they were around $300 million for Yamamoto. No one's going to say you're paying that much for, for Jordan Montgomery, but it does show the parameters can shift when they want the parameters to shift. Now comes the, the point of how much do they feel like it's important to get this guy for this year to shift those parameters. I said parameters way too much. I no. understand that. No, no, no. That's all right. That's a, you're right in line with them. You sound like Sam Kennedy. That's yeah. true. Uh, so before yeah. before we let you go, before we let you go, how much uh, how much new baseball pants talk are you guys doing on the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast? Oh, what's oh, it like in goodness. person? Yeah. Yeah, what's that like up close and personal? Oh, it's, 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 I mean, I just can't take my eyes off it. Like, it's, it's, it's something crazy. for the fans? It's something for the fans. Like yeah. I said, the, we, we, uh, one player was nice enough to put a baseballs and boring sticker underneath his uniform and it showed, it was like, Where a, put it? Uh, well, well placed, uh, right on his thigh. It showed oh. right there for everybody oh, nice. to see. Hot. So it's, uh, yeah, these, this is, this is, this is undeniably the, the talk of spring training. Um, it isn't changing anytime soon. Maybe they'll adjust some things, but think about how much time, effort, and money went into making these uniforms for all these players for this season. And you get to this point and like, oh my goodness, sad trombone. There's so many things wrong with them. And they aren't, and I've said this before, they are, they are not the same uniforms as they showed the All-Stars back in last July. They are not the same. They aren't fitted. They are, those weren't see-through. All of that. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, listen, it, spring training is, is a great time to talk about this stuff. So, thank you, Majestic, Majestic, and thank you, Nike, for letting us talk about something so silly as the uniforms. All right. He is Rob Bradford. You can check out the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast with Baseball Isn't Boring stickers all over baseball players. Uh, that's on the Odyssey <laughs> app, A U D A C Y. Get it on your phone. It's free. It's easy. It's worth checking out. Uh, Bradfo usually corners somebody and gets something good out of him, like Henley Jansen uh, complaining about the Red Sox and their offseason in previous episodes. Yeah, you're gonna, and you're going to want to listen to Bogarts tomorrow. Bogarts. Uh, much like Kenley, very, very honest human being. Okay. We always appreciate Well, I'm sure we'll be uh, playing some of that tomorrow, Rob, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. All right. See you later. Thanks, Rob. All right, Rob Bradford, as all our guests, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Sande I'm not buying. We, we didn't even talk about it yesterday. I'm not buying the Nightingale report on Yamamoto. They had a $3 million offer no, oh, for him. This time we really mean that we offered them the money that they wanted. I don't buy that. I bet I buy that they're saying, or someone's saying that yeah, tonight. Sure, and go, I sure. don't buy that was the offer. But like they went from spending $300 million on a player to not spending on anyone. That doesn't make any sense. Just use your brain for a second. I'm not saying that to Rob. I'm just saying in general. I don't buy that report. Real quick, since Stephen Fall River brought it up, and I was hanging on every word Rob said, but I was also uh, uh, doing some research. Some wide receivers who missed. Justin Blackman at five. Oh, come on. How was that? Was that a good pick? Uh, I was not. Uh, how about Tavon Austin at eight? These are each the top wide receivers in their draft, by the way. That was in 2013. Tavon Austin, remember him? Sammy Watkins at four. Do you like him? Uh, that was in 2014. Uh, 2015, hang on. Uh, Amari Cooper went high at four, and I think he's debatable. Kevin White went seven. They were neck and neck for the best receiver in that draft. Oh, by the way, Devontae Parker went 14, and Nelson Aguilar went 20. Those were all the top receivers in the 2015 draft. 2016, you ready for this, Mego? I can see you're excited. Corey Coleman, the first receiver in that draft. You remember him? I think he might have been here briefly. Followed by Will Fulmer, uh, Fuller, Josh Doxson. He was on the Washington football team. And Laquan Treadwell. Those were the uh, top receivers in 2016. 2017, one more good one for you. Corey Davis at five. Uh, even Mike Williams at seven. Is that a no-brainer hit? John Ross at nine. 
these guys miss. And to act like you never miss on wide receivers and you're only going to miss on quarterbacks is dumb. Uh, we'll get to triple play with all your phone calls next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's going to be a triple play. It's time for the triple play. Yes! Triple play! The top three burning questions of the day. And there's three. Jones and Mago. Triples is best. Triple Play is brought to you by the 99 Restaurant. They have early week supper specials. Bring the family and enjoy a delicious roast turkey dinner every Sunday. Hearty meatloaf every Monday. Crispy spinach and artichoke chicken every Tuesday. Jones and Mego. You gotta love the nines. It's Tuesday. Means it is over under Tuesday. Let us not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. Number one. Number one, a subject uh, that excites Megan Ottolini greatly. Uh, the smallest quarterback hand size uh, in last year's Ooh, NFL yeah. Combine uh, belongs to one Kenny Pickett, who I believe the number was eight and a half inches. So, uh, Mega, we'll start with you so on two this years one. Ago? Two, two years ago? Two years ago. Or two years ago. Yeah. Uh, the over-under on the smallest quarterback hand size in this year's Combine, the over-under I have set is eight and a half. Um, I mean, over. I think most of the guys are going to be over that. I mean, most of them start at around nine, go up to ten. Maybe ten and a quarter, ten and a half. If you're got really big bear paws or something, I'm like, I think it's silly. I don't really think it matters. Joe Burrow, I just checked, has nine inch hands, so he's on the smaller size with the hands, and obviously, I think he's great. So I don't really think it matters, but I think most of these guys are gonna be over eight and a half. Yeah. Do you think there's small. ever an instance where they're like, okay, you're right, you're like eight. Eight and a quarter, like, hey. We're going to round it up. Oh, all the time. It's like, remember on the old show, we, Fourier tried to botch my roster height because I'm 5'7", and in rosters, I was always listed 5'7", but technically, I'm 5'6 and 3 quarters, so they just round up to 7, and Fourier tried to, like, measure me against a wall and tried to say that I was, like, only 5'6", and he did all this funky stuff with, like, tilting We want you to have your own shoe. It was very undermining. Got it. So I don't get it. You're 5'6 or you're 5'7? No, I'm 5'7. Roster height. Roster height, 5'7. Yeah. And uh, combine my, height, 5'6 and 3. Quarters. My roster no, height in high school is like 6 feet. Seven. I'm definitely not 6 feet. Roster height doesn't mean but anything. I'm five, that's six li- and that's three lying. quarters. Like nobody writes that. Okay. I'm 5'7. Unless you're J- 6. Jaden Daniels' roster weight is 210. You don't believe he's 210, right? No, I don't believe that. Okay. So why should we believe you're 5'7? 
um, because that's my roster height. Okay, Bob, I'm telling you, like, roster okay, roster heights and waist this? don't mean anything. Because if I put on sneakers, I'm magically five seven. If I'm barefoot at the doctor, I'm five six and three quarters. Some magic. Mm. You're wearing shoes, mm. but then okay, four, I'm not four, playing any sports. But barefoot. when Fourier measured you with an actual tape measure, you were five six. No, he tilted a book down and then marked it on the wall where the book was, and he had tilted the book down like a whole inch. It was ridiculous. Very maybe, scientific. Maybe we have to remeasure. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under. I bet there's some good juice on that. I'm going to take the under on eight and a half uh, inch hands. I do think it matters. Like, it's not my number one priority. I'm not prioritizing it over uh, college production. But if somebody has tiny hands, I'm going to go back and watch the tape, and I'm going to say, oh, can they hold on to the football? Are they going to be able to play in poor conditions? Do they just shot put it with both hands at the same time? Yeah. I mean, look, Caleb Williams, I have no idea what his hand size is going to be, but like, if he has smaller hands and he's never playing outside in poor conditions and cold conditions in the Northeast, I might have second thoughts about that hand size or Jaden Daniels or whomever, Drake May, I might. So, look, I think playing in the Northeast, that matters. I'm not going to dismiss that. And I'll say the smallest one is under eight and a half. There you go. All right. Number two. Number two, let's shift to basketball. The Celtics have uh, quite a, an impressive stretch of, of playoff teams they are facing coming up here. Your upcoming schedule for the Celtics is as followed. Uh, they see the Sixers tonight, who are still a playoff team despite their struggles. Uh, then it is the Dallas Mavericks, the Golden State Warriors, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Denver Nuggets, and the Phoenix Suns. I have set the over-under at how many wins they will have in that stretch at three and a half. Jones, over. I mean, look, maybe they lose to the Nuggets. Maybe on top of that, they lose to the Suns. They should beat everybody else on this list. They should beat Philly. They should beat Cleveland. They should beat Dallas. They should beat, and Ryan's been beating the drum for Golden State over the last, like, week. They should beat Golden State. So, at bare minimum, they should win four. I really think they should win five. This is the kind of stretch where I want to see what they're made of. If they go three and three, is it the end of the world? No. But if they go five and one or six and oh, and they make a statement... This is an opportunity to go make a statement. I think they will. I'll take over on three and a half. I, I think I would take over on four and a half. I think they should win five out of six. Well, let's hear from the host of Just the Tip Off, our basketball <laughs> podcast, Megan Adelini. Uh, it's called Slammed. It's not Just the Tip Off. Uh, I think if they go three and three, that's dismal. Uh, the, you started the slide that you had last season in March, so I would look at this stretch as pretty important. I think that they should take one against Denver. And that's somebody that you could very, very, very possibly see in the finals when you get back there. Sixers are not the Sixers without Embiid. So you have that one. Mavs, Warriors, like I could see one of those being some kind of trap game. Uh, Suns, I think they'll get up for. I'm still taking the over. You should not go three and three, but I think it's closer to four. Yeah, I think okay. if they go three and three, I don't think we're feeling really good about the no, state of the team at that point. Definitely not. I mean, look, if they just lose to Denver and get swept by them, I'm not going to feel great about that. But that's the one game where I say, okay, you get a little bit of slack. All right, one more. Number three. Number three, and uh, this I think is going to be an easy one for both of you. Spring training baseball, specifically Under. the. <laughs> and that's been triple play. All right, everybody. Well, no, Jones didn't answer. <laughs> Jones, the over-under. Yeah, Megan, hold on. I, I have a, a very scientific over-under number here. Mm -hmm. uh, the spring training baseball you will watch, under. I've set the over-under at 20 minutes. It's a total? Yes. Not like in one game consecutively 20 no, just, minutes? It's it just total. The total? For the month of, of, well, it's almost March. So it's in the month of March. 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah, still under. Uh, still under. But here, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. I, I told you guys. This, I'm not counting like spring training I told you guys this last spring training. I care about their record in spring training. I care. Aren't they 3-1? and one? Are they winning today? Uh, there was a tie. <sighs> today they finished in a tie. Stupid baseball. Because the record matters. Okay. I, 
spring training record is going to matter to me. And so, look, if they suck, then we'll say, okay, could be another long season. If they have a good record in spring training, I'm not going to guarantee anything, but I'll look at it and go, okay, maybe Cora has them playing. I told you that last spring. They started hot. They fell off at the end of spring. And guess what? They were a last-place team. I think you could tell in spring training. So I think you'll be able to tell this spring training, too. I'm not holding my breath. But if they have a good record and they've gotten off to a nice start, I'll start being a little more bullish on the Red Sox. I promise. I'm just trying to, like, guess what size my hands are. If I'm, like, the Seinfeld episode with the big hands. Seven. Man hands. Seven? Seven. You think this is seven? I think I might be under seven. I'm a delicate lady. <laughs> That's why I couldn't keep playing basketball. I had to go to lacrosse. And now that has been triple Could never play. palm it. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, no need to go there. That's triple play uh, here on Jones. And that. I go with, uh, out Arcan. I keep saying with Arcan, with Ryan Garvin today here on WEEI. Uh, let's get back to a few other items from Elliot Wolf, a few leftovers that we've not touched on yet. Uh, how involved are the crafts going to be in football ops? He claims he has the final say. I don't buy it. Uh, he was asked separately about the crafts. You'll hear that. And also, what about Robin Glazer? We'll get to all that next. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.